hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL.
What's up, everybody? January 12th, 2021. And you know what that means? That means that tomorrow the season starts. Not just any season, not the all get out record titled the season. No, no. The NHL season is about to be upon us 24 hours until the puck fucking drops. And I'm so pumped, but I'm also super pumped that we've got our homie Seth from Sleeve chilling with us. Um, Seth, man, what's going on? How stoked are you that we finally get some hockey back again? I'm pretty fucking stoked. I will say this. I know my team plays Boston first. I'm not fucking stoked about that, but no, I am stoked for hockey to be back. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, um, it's, you know, it feels like we just, hockey just left us, but this period of time where we didn't have it, uh, just like really bummed me out. And now I kind of feel like we're getting spoiled because, you know, it's going to go back to normal after the end of this season where we have like a real gap, you know, in between, you know, seasons. Right. So I, I, uh, I'm happy that we get this back so quickly. Uh, but, um, so before we get into hockey talk, let's, uh, let's talk about sleeve a little bit. So, um, Richmond, Virginia, a rich as hell, um, you know, kind of Mecca for great alternative music, punk rock and stuff. Uh, I, that's where you guys hail from. We'll, we'll, you know, obviously we'll say the DC area, RBA kind of deal, which is awesome. Um, what got sleeves started, um, you know, in, in this kind of stratosphere, uh, how did you become a part of the band? How, how did this all kind of, kind of become? Cool. Um, I'm super stoked. I get to tell the story cause I'm probably the worst one to tell it. I'm actually the newest <laughs> member of sleeve. Um, I've been okay. about a year now, but I've told this story enough where so I've got it. I've got the history down pretty good. Yeah, you got um, it down. Let's so do yeah, it. I, let's do it. So I came to join sleeve after, um, we used to throw shows in my house all the time. Um, it would get really, it would get pretty big. We do them pretty regularly and, uh, sleeve ended up opening for one of those shows. Uh, I didn't even know who they were at the time. Um, and, you know, I, I try to, you know, as somebody who plays in bands in Richmond, you know, we're all pretty close, pretty tight knit. We all kind of know each other. We all kind of listen to each other's stuff. We try to, you know, support each other. Um, but this was a band that I hadn't heard of and which was weird to me. So I was like, okay, well, let me do some digging if they're going to be playing in my living room. So I found some of their stuff on Bandcamp, and uh, I really fucked with it. And I was like, damn, these guys are sick. I'm super stoked to hear this. And so they ended up playing the show. Um, I got really close to them. They're all super cool guys, super sweet. And so, um, I kind of just developed a relationship with that. Um, I booked them some more shows down the road and we played more shows together in the band I was playing in at the time. Um, and then eventually, uh, that band was in kind of filled out. We weren't really doing anything. It just, we weren't feeling it. So we kind of called it quits and mm-hmm. sleeve needed a bass player and timing just kind of worked. You know, I was like, well, Hey, I know you guys, you know, I've played some shows with you. You seem super cool. So. I hopped in, but Sleeve's actually been going since about 2014, 2015 without oh, wow, me. Okay. So um, they've been kicking it for a while. Yeah, they've been kicking it for a while. Um, they, Like I said, they've released, you know, an EP and like a little like like two song thing on Bandcamp, um, which are both really sick. But we really didn't, they really didn't kind of um, really pop in, you know, on Richmond's marker until, you know, um, I joined, which has nothing to do with it. It's because they bought um, their debut album, I guess our debut album, 
don't expect anything. And things mm-hmm. kind of just took off from there. So we've kind of just been riding the wave until COVID put us down. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's such a bummer. Now um, don't expect anything. Um, I know that came out last year. Uh, were you part of the like creative process for that record? So I actually, I, I was not, I went into it totally blind. They, they actually have been sitting on the record for about a year um, wow. even after I joined and yeah, they were like, Hey, we're, you know, we, we've put a lot of time into this. We're finally ready to put it out. And I was like, cool. So I, you know, I learned all the songs. We started writing more as you do and we sure. put it out and we just kind of had no idea what was coming. I mean, we've, that little record in a year has got us almost, you know, 20,000 followers on Instagram, half a million streams, you know, we've awesome. toured outside of the country. It It's done some crazy things and I'm really excited. We've actually uh, just started recording LP number two. So I actually was in the studio Sunday, awesome. tracking some Great. bass. So Sweet. hustle doesn't um, stop. Yeah, man. I, of course. Now, um, so that that's really exciting to hear that, that you guys are, are tracking now. Um, so, just kind of interested. I know you said you would, you would, uh, you know, gone overseas. Is that how you ended up developing the relationship with, uh, with engineer? Cause I know they're, they're based out of the, the UK and they're, uh, the, they yeah. put out your record. Yep. Shay. Yeah, yeah. We are signed to engineer records. Shout out to Adam and his team over there across the seas. But oddly enough, it's not really how we got to be with him. Uh, I know, when I joined, uh, the reason they put it off so long was because I know Charlie, our vocalist and guitar player, was trying to shop the record out to you know anyone, 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 and everyone who will listen. And yeah, sure, um, of course. And so you know, it got some interesting things, and you know, people were interested in it, I guess. But you know, uh, Adam from Engineer really loved it. He really backed it, and he really wanted to work with us. And you know, we sat down and we talked with him directly, you know, over like Facetime and stuff a couple times, and we kind of realized that you know, this is a guy that genuinely does like appreciate the band and what we're doing and he really wants to see us succeed. So you know, he might not be like the biggest craziest label, but you know, it's a stepping stone, just like anything else, you know, when you're doing music. So we took a chance. Um, you know, we kind of went with him, and he's done some really fucking awesome shit for us. I mean, he's great. We love him. Awesome. Now, is uh, I know, like I said, Engineer is is, is based in, in the UK. Are they, um, you know, are, are you releasing this new record that you're tracking now with them? Do they have, like, a distribution arm in America as well, or is is your relationship with engineers specifically over you know, like over overseas? So most of his, um, I guess most of his pull is overseas, but he right. does have, um, he does work in the U S as well. He is part of the company, um, shout out to him to, uh, Mike with earshot media. Okay. Uh, I want to say they're in California, but I could be wrong, but they together handle most of the, most of the promotion uh in the states so and they kind of take the reins on that with him and he kind of handles everything else across the pond cool that's awesome um so um you know having listened to don't expect anything uh really really pretty like a pretty diverse listen now uh i found like a promo photo of, of, of all you guys and i think uh, someone's wearing a Get Up Kids shirt, and then I think, I think you were wearing like a King Nine shirt. 
<laughs> if I remember correctly. So I'm kind of interested. To hear, <laughs> I think I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm kind of interested to hear like the yeah, I, kind I, of the I know going, of of, uh, of how how sleeve comes together with all of those different influences. So um, you know, from all different sides of the of the musical spectrum, um, how do you feel like your influence, like if you're more of like the guy that's more into hardcore, how does it fit into the, like the overall scheme of things? Um, you know, it's, a, it's definitely weird. Uh, like you said, we're very, very diverse. I know looking at, I know exactly the picture you're talking about and I, I love it because if you look at that picture, if you base it off just the band shirts, it does look like something should work, but it does. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We all listen to, I think it's safe to say we all kind of listen and appreciate all kind of music, but definitely me and Charlie are uh, more into, you know, hardcore, more into some heavier types of music. Uh, Julian, our drummer, is really into punk and things like that, 90s punk, things like that. And our other guitar player, Danny, uh, he, he he's kind of he's hard to peg down. I, he, I feel like he's just genuinely the kind of person that could vibe to anything. You should put it on for 10 seconds. So, yeah. um, we're definitely all different in our own little ways, but, uh, I think when we come together, we all kind of have a goal and I know, you know, Charlie, Charlie does, you know, we all kind of help and pitch in, but I know when it comes to writing, Charlie is, I mean, he's a madman. He'll put he I mean, if he told me I had to write a whole twelve song record in you know a day, he could probably come up with something. He's a madman, but uh, he he's kind of the forefront. You know, he writes a lot of lyrics, and you know he'll bring these little rough demos of things he's been jamming and things he's been talking with, you know, practice and things like that. And we'll all just kind of throwing our hats and whatever ideas come to mind, we'll just toss them out there and try it and try on air. And this works. It doesn't eventually that's how a sleeve song is, is born. <laughs> Sweet. Now, you know, Seth, we were talking with um, Travis from the band telltale and he was talking about like the DIY, you know, house shows in Richmond. And you kind of brought that up a couple of minutes ago about how you were involved in booking house shows. Like, is that really a huge part of the Richmond music scene? Um, it is. I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge part. It really is. I, you know, we'll have bands coming to tour and it, it's, it's crazy because I, I, I'm realizing, you know, the more bands I tour with, the more people I meet through music that, you know, house shows aren't quite as prevalent in other areas because to me, you know, I'm, I guess I'm so used to it. I think, Oh, this is like the norm. This is how it is everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, we've had so many bands come through Richmond and they're like, you know, Oh, we're not playing, you know, canal or we're not playing strange matter. When I was a thing, or, you know, we're not playing, you know, this venue or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't get it. Like the house shows where that that's, people will flock to that. You know, I'm not throwing any shade on those venues. I've played all of them and I love all of them. Yeah, they do sure. great things, but house shows are definitely like the king of all Kings in Richmond. I feel like, like everyone goes to the house shows. Everyone gets buck wild at the house shows and they yeah. hit it and it's wild. And it's always a fun time. So yeah, it's, it's very, it's, kind of- it's very personal. You know, like, there's no, ba- there's no barricade. There's no nothing. You're just there. With yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting uh, because being from Long Island, where Mikey and I grew up, you know, obviously he's in Charlotte, I'm in Orlando now, so two different very areas, but very different areas, I should say. Um, but on Long Island, at least when I was growing up, the like house show scene started to dwindle, and I think a lot of it is because Long Island is is just a very populous area, and everything's very condensed, you know. So um, because there's not a lot of space, there's not really a lot of areas you could have a house show without getting like the show shut down by the cops or noise complaints or all this bullshit. Right. And there were a couple of really cool like DIY venues. One of which, um, you know, I've, I've talked about on our show before, but one of my really good friends, um, his dad owned a, a wood shop, like an actual wood shop where he would like make cabinets and stuff. And in this like kind of industrial area, they had this huge room that they used to have for like a, like a showroom that they stopped using. So it was like, you know, a carpeted floor. So what we ended up doing was uh, we built a stage, like a small stage for it. And we just started having shows there, but because there was no one around to complain, it worked really well. Everyone was, was super, you know, aware of, of, of the space and what it meant. So every, you know, no one would be assholes and no one would start fights or any of that kind of stuff. And we got a good couple of years out of it. Uh, but Long Island as a whole kind of had to move away from that because anytime you'd like start something, like you'd get a couple of shows in and before you know it, cops, threats and all this bullshit, which really sucks because like that was a rich culture on Long Island back, you know, it, you know, with Long Island hardcore in the nineties and stuff, but it kind of stopped being an option. Um, so it's awesome to know that like you guys, you know, in, in Richmond are still able to do it because it's important. It, and, and especially now it's more important than ever, because when we come back from all of this, who knows what venues are going to be open, what venues aren't going to be open. So, you know, having house shows, you know, when we could do it safely, of course, is going to be a real huge contributor in smaller bands still being able to go on the road and make a little bit of money and put some stuff in their pocket. Because I mean, you know, a small band, I hate to say it, like you're not going to show up to, you know, to DC and play what, like the nine thirty club. Like it's just, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not happening. So right. we don't want to take that away from people. So the fact that there are still, um, you know, house shows is, is super important and it's like unbelievably important. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, the cops are definitely an issue. We've we've had a couple run-ins with them in our heyday, yeah. but for the most part, we had cool neighbors. Uh, shout out to our neighbors, but they. <laughs> there you I go. Mean, we we'd knock on. I mean, I remember writing letters, knocking on all the doors, just like, "Hey, we'll be on by 11. Yeah, please don't call the cops. <laughs> if there's any problem, like, please call us. I know. For the most part, I mean, aside from aside from one show, we went just a little bit over. We never really had any issues. Good, 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 yeah. And I think, and that's a super important thing, you know, because as long as people are able to be respectful, and again, as long as people understand the how important you know these DIY venues are, um, and you know, people aren't going out of their way to. Yeah, there's no delicate way to say it, be assholes. Um, then, you know, you've got a good community. And I've always heard that about, about Richmond, right. a really, really close friend of mine who grew up on Long Island now lives in Richmond. And, uh, 
he works at uh, he works at a barbershop and, and that's one of the things he talks about, you know, ad nauseum is just how great the community is and how how good it is that people are are coming together to to keep this kind of ethic alive, which is really important. For sure. We try to keep our reputation clean sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Seth, I guess my question is then it's kind of like a follow-up question. Who is like one of the like up and coming acts or like, you know, an act that you're like, man, this band's about to be huge that you booked for one of your house shows and then like ended up going on to, to blow the hell up. (laughs) Well, um, uh, we, so it was actually second to last show we did, uh, and it was kind of the wake up call that I think we need to have a break from it. Uh, we kind of skipped the middleman on that. We actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Waster from the UK, but I'm not. we had them play in our living room. So I, I'm not, I, um, I wasn't really too aware of them. So the way I found out about them and the way this Project X of a house show came to be that I'm about to tell you guys <laughs> is uh, we have a good buddy, uh, Kenny Lewis. Shout out to Kenny. Uh, he's, uh, he played a show in a band called The Weekend Classic at our house. That's kind of how we met him. Super sick band. But um, they ended up breaking up, and so Kenny got into tour managing, and he tour manages a lot of uh, Hopeless Records bands. So whenever he's in town, whatever band he's with, um, we kind of just let them crash our house and we meet these people and they'll usually let us come to their shows for free, which is sick. Uh, and this one band called Waster who was on tour with Neck Deep, um, maybe I want to say this had been almost three years ago in like September. And, uh, they were playing the national with Neck Deep. We let them stay at our house. They're really cool. With them. And Kane was like, yeah, you know, obviously I'll come to the show for free. Was sick, and so we talked to them, and they were telling us about how every year in the UK, I guess they do a Halloween like house show thing where everyone dresses up in costume, and they found the whole thing. They were super bummed because this year was the first year I guess they'd be on tour over here, and they wouldn't be able to do it. And kind of as a joke, we were just kind of like, "Oh, you know, we do house shows. Like, fuck it, let's do it here." As a joke, not taking it seriously, and. They were like, oh, dude, that'd be super sick. And we're like, oh, yeah, I guess it would be. And then uh, <laughs> the next day uh, at the National, packed out one of the biggest venues. These fucking guys on stage, they do their set. And at the end of the set, they're like, if you like what you hear, we'll be back in Richmond on Halloween playing a house show right here. And I just remember standing there with my roommates. And when he said that, we all just looked at each other like, ah, come on, this is a, this is a joke. And then short <laughs> shit. Like a couple weeks later, we're getting emails from their legitimate manager asking about details of this house show. And we're like, holy shit, this is happening. So we booked the show. Um, and the band they were on tour with, I guess their bass player, uh, do you guys remember? You might not. I didn't, it was one of things I didn't really know about either. Do you remember the show on MTV? It was on a while ago. It was called Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I remember it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the bass player of the band they were on tour with was Teen Wolf. So we got that guy in our house. We have this big band from the UK in our house. We were like, this is going to be a big ass show. We we might need to suck a cap or something. So we were like, okay, we'll let 
80 people in our house. We got, we got wristbands. We did the whole nine yards, right? So we're out there. We're getting ready. Everyone's dressed up. Everyone's in costumes. And when I say there was, like, a line around our block to get into our backyard, <laughs> like, we ran out of those 80 wristbands before any bands had even played. And there ended up being about 200 people in total in our house. I don't know how the hell we didn't get shut down. I don't know how the cops didn't get called. I don't know how there was no complaints, but it went off without a hitch. So um, I would say that's probably, those Those are probably the two bands that played our house that are going places. <laughs> but it was definitely crazy. And I know we played, I guess, I guess I'll keep a little more fair on giving a shot to, uh, there's a band from Richmond called Fanfare, and they played their first ever show in Richmond. Uh, that was their first show, that crazy ass house show. And um, which was super safe because that's a band I think they're gonna go places. Um, mm-hmm. They're a bunch of young kids. I mean, they're all. I mean, I think most of them were in high school and they played that show at our house. And you know, I think they're all like nineteen, eighteen now, twenty. They're growing up. They're they're getting they're getting pretty big in Richmond. Uh, they've awesome. been on a couple tours. They played a bunch of shows, a bunch of bands coming through. They're super sick. So if you if anyone's in the mood for a new band to check out, you should check out Fan absolutely i feel like that's like the common theme of the past couple of years of doing this podcast is just how much new music i've been checking out so i'm I'm down to to check them out for sure right yeah i can drop richard all day i we, i can make a whole damn podcast out of it but now it's it sounds like you have like real love for the city of Richmond, but in one of your lyrics, you you kind of throw a little shade at, at your hometown. So is that just kind of like the stereotypical, like pop so, kind of lyric um, or I can, ex- not quite. We, um, so that, that can actually be explained. So I am from Richmond and uh, yeah, I, I love Richmond. I live and die by this city. I think everything about it's great. I, I love it. I mean, I can't anywhere else, but Charlie is from Virginia beach. So a little bit of internal conflict in the sleeve camp on that one, but he's actually from Virginia beach. Um, he's from Newport news in that area. So I know that lyric you're talking about and we won't get into it but that's kind of what it's about charlie uh charlie didn't have too much love for the city when he first moved down here but i i mean i understand he like i said sleeve's been a band for almost oh yeah almost five years now maybe more but they really didn't take off until don't expect anything uh came out i think that's partially not because of me, but um, I think I might have helped a little bit. I know up until they played that show, House, from what he had told me, they played, you know, a lot of shows here and there at the Camel with, you know, some, you know, random bands that are, you know, not as big or not as coming up. You know, it's it's kind of, there's, I think there's so many different, I hate using the term music scenes, but I think there's so many different music scenes in Richmond that it, it's possible to not, you know, be in the right one. Like you could be playing shows for years to people and you're thinking, you know, why, why do they not give a shit? Well, 
They might, they might not. And, you know, you try to find your crowd, your audience, um, out of just don't go the into the bar scene, I guess. Huh? I think I kind of was like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of when I first joined, I was like, hey, like, you know, I think. You, know, you guys should come with these bands. These bands that I know, you know, that now just because they're, you know, obviously cause my friends' bands, and they, you know, I like to help them out. But you know, I was like, I think, I think this is the crowd that is definitely the fit for for us now as a band. And you know, okay, and so we started getting into that, and and you know, it's it's like it is. You know, it's we got more people coming to shows. You know, people started knowing who we were. People started interested and then we dropped the record and that really helped. So I think, I think the, I think the distaste for Richmond is only because I think there was a little bit of just confusion, you know, cause I know Richmond's a very weird place if you're not from here. So I think you kind of got to know how it works. And I, I kind of know how it works. I was like, Hey, let me just, let's try something different and it didn't work out. So I think now, we all agree we love it <laughs> yeah i mean and 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 you know that's that's understandable i mean you know when you're when you're from a, a place that has a different speed that's a little bit different in terms of uh you know the, the culture obviously it's you know it's a little bit of a shock um trying to get used to something that that you know is markedly different for you but um you know speaking of things that are are a little different um so you know we're talking about all the love that you have for for richmond um, so, you know, you would probably assume that, uh, you know, having love for Richmond would mean that, um, you know, right over next door, you're, you're a huge Caps fan. Uh, so, you know, we could talk all about, uh, you know, Ovi and, uh, Backstrom and whoa, hard stop <laughs> New Jersey devils fan. So, uh, I don't know. That's strange. Let's talk about it. So how does that happen? <laughs> yep. So, um, so my mom is actually from uh, Jersey, and I have a lot of family in Jersey. Uh, I love very much, and uh, I basically kind of got into hockey when I was about nine years old. Um, I had a neighbor growing up with; uh, they had a son who I was pretty good friends with, and uh, he was playing hockey, you know, just like directly down this little you know, rink. And um, we went to watch him play one of the games. And my family was like, oh, you know, support him. He's your friend. And I remember going there and watching him. And I wasn't really too athletic, you know, like as a young child. Like, you know, I do all that. Or like, I didn't do any sports or anything like that. And, like, I just remember watching him play. And, like, by the end of the game, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I, I love this. And then it just kind of got me into it. And from the time I was nine to about... 20 i played pretty regularly pretty competitively and it just kind of spawned my love for the nhl and professional hockey and i figured you know that's where my mom's from that's where i got family i'll ride with new jersey and it's a very hard long road being a devil's fan (laughs) yeah unfortunately but you had your cups so I don't feel bad for fans who've had yeah. some tough years when you, when in your lifetime you had multiple Stanley cups, like Tom and I are Islander fans. So you're not going to get any symphony right. Symph- right. from us. Like you're not going to get it. <laughs> right. Right. Telling it how it is, man. man. We have a buddy. He's actually the drummer of my old band, uh, Grant. 
he was a big uh, Dallas fan. So I was hoping and praying that Dallas would have pulled it out this past season just, just for him so he could have that win. But, man. Lightning are just too good of a team. And, uh, I mean, and, and we're kind of lucky, you know, us yeah. being Devils and Islanders fans, that uh, with the division realignment, um, you know, we don't have to play them eight times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, they're going to make the playoffs and I'm sure yeah. <laughs> they have to deal with them and it's not going to be pretty because that team is just absolutely off the chain. But um, so as far as, uh, you know, like devil's games are, are concerned, uh, do you try to catch uh, the devils? Like whenever they kind of roll into DC or have you, um, you know, like, have you been back to, you know, Jersey and, you know, the rock and, and seen shows shows seen, seen, um, uh, games there or like how is how, how do you try to catch him when you can <laughs> so truth be told and i'm so ashamed i never had to go to a devil's game yet i had the cards aligned to go to one right before covid and then oh, that happened no. and it kind of changed the game i have a buddy who um moved i know i had a buddy who moved to um new jersey him and his uh now wife uh, they moved to Jersey and um, I was going to go. So his wife is a Flyers fan and he's a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, I don't like talking about that too much, but um, <laughs> they go to Pittsburgh Flyers games all the time. And, and towards the line where I had a chance to go up there with them and they're like, Hey, like if you can make it, let's get it some, let's go. I can't remember. I think they might've been playing. I'm playing Philly. I think that's how they wanted to go, but I was like, "Yeah, for sure, let's do it." And we were lining everything up, about to get the tickets and pull the trigger, and then the world kind of stopped. So I haven't had the chance yet. But one of these days, as soon as COVID done, I don't care if I to drive, I'm gonna get to a game. Hell yeah! Now, when we were talking to Alex Howard from Conditions, another Richmond band, he was mentioning how minor league hockey you know, had a team in Richmond area Were were you too young for, to, to catch games when yes, Richmond had a team? I was not too young. I actually, that's one of the only like live hockey games I ever had a chance to go to was the Richmond local team. We had the river dogs uh, and then they rebranded and then we had the renegades and uh, it was great. Those, one of those games were some of the best games. I just remember, uh, cause at that time I was still playing, I know the league I played with had like a deal with them where like we like all the players got to go like to the game free and shit, which is awesome. And I just remember, I remember being there with my dad and my um and like the teams and stuff, and it was always a fun time. And the games were always rowdy, fans were always loud and rowdy and screaming. And I remember every time they used to do this thing, uh, if a player Patrick. Everyone got 10 free wings at Hooters. So that was pretty fucking <laughs> kick-ass. Yeah, there you go. That's a sweet deal. Like, that's better than what the Islanders did. Like, yeah, if the Islanders scored, like, games. yeah, if the Islanders scored, like, five goals, they would give you a cup of chili at Wendy's, which is, like, what, 99 cents? Where, you know, a dude scores <laughs> a hat trick, you're getting 10 wings from Hooters. That's, like, that's a pretty <laughs> sweet deal. Yeah, it sure is. And, and I mean... Wendy's chili. Yeah. I don't know. It's like mostly water. Anyway, yeah, so. I can't, I can't remember if everyone got wings. I think it was maybe for two people. It reminds me of the, uh, of that scene in semi-pro Wendy's where, chili. uh, That's sick. Where he's, like, 
he's like, oh, if the if the tropics score like over 110 points, like everyone gets a free corn dog. And Jackie Moon's like, we don't even <laughs> he's kind of he's trying to like <laughs> he's trying to like block his own player. I love it, man. Um, I'm all, I'm, I'm all about anything Will Ferrell touches for them for, to be honest with you, a lot of people <laughs> throw him shade, but I'm not one of those people. You know, I, I love him, love him to death. So, um, to kind of back into this devil's fandom a little I bit, um, shade. good. I mean, good. I don't, I, I don't, I definitely don't want you to, but a lot of people do like, I, it's so strange. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, Will Ferrell, like he's, he's not even that funny. And you're like, you know, uh, he did the cowbell skit. That's the only good thing he had. And, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't buy into that. You know, I think he's got some great depth. Um, well, you know, depth probably isn't the right word. He doesn't really have depth, but he's, he's funny as fuck. <laughs> but, um, so just to kind of like lock into some more of this, this devil's oh, yeah, fandom. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, uh, so what would you say, you know, you've had the opportunity to experience, you know, some cup wins and stuff like that, which is great. So do you have like a specific devil's memory that just like you, you have a story about, or that kind of sticks out in your mind that, you know, really like kind of cements your love for the team? I do. And it's, it's kind of lame, but, um, I do. I remember, um, the reason, uh, the moment I guess would be, I was playing, uh, I was a kid. And it was right when I had gotten into uh, hockey. I just started playing. I just got into the sport. And uh, I remember I bought NHL. Shit, it was probably 2009. <laughs> and I remember, I remember being, I remember always playing as the Devils. And I remember Scott Gomez, who's not even on the Devils anymore. So, but I just remember I'd always play as him. He's my favorite fucking player. And I would score like 10 goals with him every time. And I was like, this guy's sick. I picked a good team. I'm I'm ready. Of course, I'm like, you know, probably like 10 or 11 at this point. But I'm like, this is it. I'm good. This is my team. And I don't even think Scott, Scott Gomez, I think last time I heard anything, I think he was on the Rangers. And I think he, I don't know where he's at now, but he's not on the oh, devil. No, and I don't have that great of a team. But... <laughs> Now I have a great Scott Gomez story that I've already told on the podcast, but um, I got the pleasure of meeting Scott Gomez when I was in Nashville, Tennessee, catching an Islanders game. So um, after Gomez hung up the skates, he actually became like the power play coach for the Islanders. And uh, you know, I was in town to catch the Islanders game and ended up going to the same restaurant as Scott Gomez. And you know, Scott Gomez has a very distinct look. Like he he's got, he's a shorter guy. He's got a bald head. And like, it was like very easy to recognize him. Like, even though I wasn't a necessarily a devil's fan or Rangers fan growing up, like I still knew who Scott Gomez was. And like, I'm like standing next to him and I'm like, all right, I'm going to say like, what's up to him. So I'm like, Hey Scott, what's going on? And like, He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not Scott. I'm like, no, like you're, you're Scott Gomez, right? Like I knew it was fucking Scott Gomez. And he's like, no, I'm not Scott Gomez. I don't know who that is. And I was like, oh, all right, well, enjoy your dinner. And like, and left him alone. Like, like maybe he has a, a twin that like is running around the world. Like maybe this is not really Scott Gomez. And then like 
no exaggeration about like a minute later, he comes up to me again. And I'm like, what's this guy want now? Like I left him alone. Like, why is he like coming up to me again? He's like, I'm fucking Scott Gomez. Like, what, like, <laughs> like really guy? Like, of course I'm Scott Gomez. And I'm like, Oh, all right. Well, nice to meet you, Scott. And like, he ends up like having at least a 15 minute conversation with like me, my wife, and like some of the friends that I'm there with turns out to be the nicest guy, like actually asking me questions about like me as a person, not like, just like, Hey, glad you're a fan. Like BS that he could have said, but like, was like legit, like, Hey, you know, you guys in town for the game. Like, what do you, what are, what are you guys doing tonight? Like really just an awesome dude ends the conversation by going like, Hey, I want to give you family passes for the game tomorrow. Like write your name down on this napkin. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I write my name down on a bar napkin, like that. He got a pen from the waitress. I'm like, yeah, this is never happening, but like, whatever. I still got to meet Scott Gomez. Long story short, go to the game the next day. And he did leave family passes for us. So like Scott Gomez is like up here for me. Like, He's a, he's a real homie. So cool that you got to uh, bring up Scott Dude, Gomez so I can tell that story again. That's a kick-ass story. That's insane. Yeah, it, it was uh it was kind of like just right place, right time and like maybe if he had one more beer that night, he would have lost that beer napkin. So like the the fact that he <laughs> held on to that beer na- uh, that bar napkin is uh it's kind of special. <laughs> Cool. So, um, I, I do kind of want to bring up, um, how I, you know, got sleeve on my radar and, uh, it, it ties back to our homies in out of time. And, uh, you, you mentioned before we started to record that you became friends with those guys because of, uh, you know, they came up to Richmond and played one of your house shows. Now, you know, when did you guys like hit it off? Like was hockey brought up? Like, because all those guys are huge hockey fans. And like, was that a conversation that you had that kind of, uh, made you guys homies? I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Cause it's crazy to think that it feels like that show was, you know, yesterday, but I guess it's been almost a year, which is so, so insane. But I know, we all got on the subject, me and all them got on the subject of talking about hockey for a little bit. I, unless I mentioned I'm a devil, so I turned them off a little bit, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know we talked about hockey a little bit and um, we talked about, I'm trying to remember because I, I, I did have a couple of drinks that night, but um <laughs> I know we talked about a lot of stuff. I know we, I just remember, I just remember we had merch tables set up right next to each other. I think that's kind of what initiated a lot of the conversation was because like, I like merch neighbors. Like what's up? And we kind of talking to them, got getting to them a little better. And they are, they're just really sick, super awesome guys. Uh, can't wait for COVID stuff to eventually come to an end so we can see them again and play some more shows with them because it's been too long. Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, you, you also did kind of hint that you had like half a million streams this past year. Like, you know, that's, that's super impressive. So like, 
what what is on the horizon for sleeve like you know with with half a million streams i'm sure that you're getting the intention of some labels and things like that so like are you uh going to to shop this next lp out to different labels or are you going to do more of the diy kind of stuff um it it's kind of up in the air right now i know we um we're we're definitely hoping to do that. I think the the main goal is uh you know, we're kind of just at the point where it's like, you know, this is what we love to do. We're going to keep doing it. Um I think we're going to release the record, try to shop it out as much as we can. Uh hopefully something can happen by the time, you know, shows come back. Um I know we had a lot of labels that, you know, uh when Charlie was first reaching out to them before they uh put out like anything i know a lot of labels kind of all got back to them with the same kind of thing of like hey like you know your music's sick but you just don't really have you know that level of following that you know we kind of look for in a band and i think as crazy as it is in a year i think we've kind of broken that glass barrier a little bit so hopefully, you know, I guess the plan now is just finish LP2, shop it out, see whoever bites, hope something cool can come of it. But even if it doesn't, I mean, we're going to put it out and we're going to keep touring all the same until you just repeat the process. Now, you mentioned LP2. Are you recording with anyone in particular? Or are you guys doing some of the pre-production and stuff like that on your own? So we got, um, we kind of got a weekend together to just kind of get away and we kind of demoed everything out that we had, but all of the recording, um, shout out we do, uh, with, uh, Pedro, uh, at recording. So shout out to Pedro and what he does. He's super sick, super fun to work with. He's just got, he's just music and he's awesome. Now, is he a local producer, uh, like a local Richmond producer? Yeah, he, he's local to Richmond. Um, he actually has played in a bunch of uh, Richmond bands uh, in his own right. He's played Von Size and Beretta. Um, the list goes on, Shot Clock. He's played a lot of Richmond punk bands, and uh, he's awesome. He's just a rock and roll dad with a kick-ass studio, and he knows how to record. So he's awesome. He's really fun to work with. So uh, as far as LP2 is concerned, um, sonically, what should we expect, uh, you know, not to be punny, but, you know, first release is called Don't Expect Anything, but I kind of want to know what we should expect <laughs> for, for LP2. So, uh, yeah, like as far as sonically, as far as like songwriting is concerned, um, what should we expect? Like, should, is it going to kind of, fall in line with that first record or is it going to be a little bit different? Is it going to be edgier, harder? Uh, you know, what, what are you, are you guys trying to really cultivate with the second record? Right. Um, I think, you know, it's, um, it's definitely, the record's definitely going to have that like kind of trademark sleeveish sound that don't expect anything had, but I think is, is, uh, far as this one goes, I think it will end up in the long run being a little bit different. I think, um, I think it's going to be like a little bit heavier 
Um, not necessarily, and not necessarily in the sense of just like you know harder riffs and like breakdowns and shit. I think the lyrics go a little bit deeper. I think you know some of the riffs are a little bit harder and grimier. I think, um, but I think the overall tone of this record, um, to me personally, it doesn't feel. If I could describe it anyway. It doesn't feel as maybe bright. Is don't expect anything. I think this record can be a little bit darker, a little bit edgier, but I think people, I think, I hope people will really like it. So far, I love it, and I think, I think it's gonna, and I love Don't Expect Anything. I, I think that it's a great record, but I think this one's really gonna take the ball sure. up another notch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, is there a uh, particular track that, like, when the record comes out, like, as listeners, um, like, you feel is like the standout track of the record, like the one that just slaps like the most, is there a particular uh, track on the record that we should like be looking out for? Um, there definitely is. Uh, <laughs> the problem is it doesn't exactly have a name right now. We still have the working title for it. Um, but there's definitely one on there. That I think it'll probably end up being, one of the singles. Um, it's my personal favorite because, you know, I love, you know, rock, hardcore. I love the heavier stuff. It's one of the more faster, more aggressive songs on the record. Um, it, it's got like a cool breakdown thing we're throwing in there. And I think it'll really catch people's eyes, but I think that one's definitely going to be the one that kind of gets people like, Oh shit. Okay. And then they'll listen to the rest of it and hopefully think it's also good. Well, Seth, man, I, I really uh, enjoyed our conversation and getting to to chat with you and get to know a little more about the, the Richmond scene. It sounds like a place that I definitely want to check a, a show out. And I was actually talking with Tom on our end of the year episode about how the band conditions was like extremely underrated. And the few times that I got to see conditions was, you know, in New York or at like, you know, kind of like a DIY venue space where I felt like I didn't get the full conditions experience. And like, if conditions ever does any like form of a reunion tour, I feel like I need to go back to like Richmond to catch a a hometown show because it does sound like there's just a, a, a nice music community there and it's not too far from Charlotte. Like I can make that drive, you know, in five, six hours, whatever it may be, not too bad. So, uh, definitely enjoyed hearing more about Richmond and, and it's DIY culture. And, uh, you know, like Tom mentioned, man, that, that might be what saves the alternative music scene is going back to kind of the, that grassroots movement. And, you know, unfortunately some of these smaller cap size venues might not survive this pandemic, but like having, people like yourself who are willing to put up these touring musicians in your house. Like that could be the alternative that saves this, this genre of music. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to, I'd like to think we definitely, you know, we try to help as much as we can, you know, we'll always offer a band a place to stay on tour if they need it, you know, whatever we can do. To help, we'll do it because you know we get it. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, we tour. We're in the same fucking boat. We know 
how it feels to be miles and miles from your bed and you just played a show to three people who didn't really give a shit and you know you know it's tough when you play a show like that or something doesn't go right and you're like shit i I can move to this so anything we can do when a band comes to richmond to hopefully give them a kick-ass show and make their time here a little bit better and lift them up you know we'll try to do it always that's what it's about you gotta look out for each other you gotta take care of each other yeah, man, I, I, that you couldn't have said it any better. Um, so I got one last question for you, uh, uh, and then uh, we'll we'll let you go enjoy the rest of your evening. But um, so, being from Richmond and being into hardcore, uh, I'm just assuming that you're going to have a great down to nothing story to tell me about. So have at it. <laughs> All right, I do actually. Coincidentally enough, I knew, uh, I knew that you. Were. I don't know if this counts as a down nothing story. Down so, so down nothing. Down nothing. Headline the show. It wasn't during down nothing set. Okay. Um, it was at Strange Matter when that was still around. Uh, R.I.P. What a great venue. But um, I I want to say I want to say it was during Blind Justice set. Um. Strange Matter is really tight. It's really compact. It's small, and you got dudes that are just killing each other as you as you do at the hardcore shows. And uh, I just remember the pit opened up, and um, as soon as it opened up, I just remember you just heard pow, and like somebody just lit fireworks in the middle of the pit, and they were just going crazy. And from the band kind of stopped playing, everybody kind of stopped moving. We were all just kind of looking at it. And then it stopped, and we were all just kind of like, where do we go from here? And uh, <laughs> um, before before we could even think, the uh, the sweet little lady who <laughs> used to own Strange Matter shoves her way through all of these, you know, six-foot-tall bearded tatted dudes and I've never even heard her speak out of all the years I've been going to strange and seeing shows there. I just, I just saw her poke her head out in the middle of the pit and she just, she's picked up that little firework and she threw it in the trash. And then she, she just literally looked out at everybody. Not a word was said. And she said, if I hear one more pop, I'm going to kick all your asses and I'm going to throw all of you out and I'm not going <laughs> to feel bad about anything. Incredible. Wild down nothing story that I have with the fireworks <laughs> in the pit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we can't top that. That's pretty outrageous. <laughs> I love it, man. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seth, I I, uh, I I can't I mean I can't tell you how much we appreciate you uh giving us an hour of your time chatting with us and uh learning a little bit more about your devil's fandom and uh you know the great things going on with sleeve um so looking forward obviously to the season that for the purposes of when this episode drops of course starts tomorrow uh you know we're both of us devils and islanders are in a tough division but uh what uh, what are some bright spots that you're looking forward to for uh the the 2021 devils team man um you know, this might be a bit of a controversy to some people, but I know we re-signed Blackwood, and personally, I, I'm kind of happy about it. I know some people that aren't feeling it, but I, I think Blackwood's got a lot of potential, and I think I think this season, I think if anything holds it down, I think he can do it. Yeah, and, and the way that 
Anna from fearless records talks about all these Russian guys. Like, it sounds like you got a, a pretty deep prospect pool. You know, she's dropping names that I won't even attempt to say right now because they are ridiculous. Do. Names. There's a lot of potential. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, 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 with a shortened condensed season, man, a lot can happen. You can, uh, you can have some crazy upsets. You can definitely, uh, you know, go on, go on a, a, a 15, 17 game streak like the Islanders did last year. And that, that, that might be enough to just coast you into the playoffs. Like, you know, a lot can happen in a short season and especially a short season where, you know, there is still a global pandemic going on. And like, there is the chance that you know, half a team could be wiped out because of COVID and they have to have their B squad come in like for an extended period of time. So like we, we definitely have an unprecedented season ahead of us and all of us and all of our listeners can all agree that we are willing to compromise a little bit to just have hockey back. And I'm super pumped to be able to watch hockey three, four nights a week again. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like Tom mentioned, I'm excited to, to see what 2021 has in store for sleeve. And, uh, we really do appreciate you coming on here. Um, you know, hopefully the devils and Islanders are in the playoffs and we could get you back and we could get some of our other former devil fans on here as well. And, uh, do a little <laughs> playoff preview kind of show. And uh, we really do appreciate the time that you gave us tonight and wish you the best in 2021. That would definitely be sick. Um, hopefully in a perfect world, we'll get that line up in the finals and we can run it back again. But uh, thanks for having <laughs> me. It was a blast. Thanks everybody listening. Shout out to you the best. Um, yeah. Thanks man. You have a good one.
So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there.